0: hey it's Brian Rosen with Happy Hour Live with Brian Rosen where we are neither live nor an hour but I wanted to have a, a discussion today at least about myself frankly and how I got to where I am in this seat because I think a lot of people that listen to our podcasts or follow us on social channels really don't have an understanding of kind of the years we've put into this business and the expertise etc so I'm going to give you a little I don't know, 10 minutes or so on me, and it's more for our listeners to understand the origin story of Brian Rosen or understand the origin story of Bev Strat. So long time ago, land far, far away, my grandfather was the very first liquor license handed out after Prohibition. He was a pioneer, Russian immigrant, came over, usual story, $5 and a broom, and began sweeping floors in a liquor store. that became a liquor store known as SAM's, which became the largest liquor store in America. We had four physical footprints. Uh, each of those stores was about 33,000 square feet in length, and not even length, in girth, in, in depth, in, in square footage. And we were successful by mistake, perfectly frank. We, you know the reason why immigrants myself included, get into the liquor business is because it's one of those businesses where the the harder you work, the more success you can have. It's not a function of intelligence. It's not always a function of capital. It's really a function of how hard you want to work. And uh, the liquor business is one of those industries where you work really hard, you're going to have success. So this store was a liquor store in a bad part of town in Chicago, if you're familiar with the city at all, North Avenue in Halstead. And it was uh, patrolled by my grandfather and my grandfather's wife, my grandmother. My father came out of the army and uh, went into that business. And I went into that business after college, after undergrad. This liquor store, and really to keep it in perspective, depending on what coast you're listening from. It'd be the equivalent of Stu Leonard's on the East Coast, BevMo on the West Coast, Total Wine on the East Coast, ABC in Florida, Specs in Texas, MGM in Minnesota, uh, Bottle King in in Jersey, et cetera. It's that kind of store. We had over 10,000 SKUs, and at the time, the average liquor store was 1,500 feet. So here we are, 33,000 feet, uh, well over 30 cooler doors carried wines from everywhere on earth, were pioneers in so many categories. We were the first to ever sell Louvre in the United States, the first to, to have a non-alc section, not just one choice. Uh, we had a jug wall section, which was Franzia and Sutter Home and, and all those big uh, turning leaf, et cetera, all those big brands that came in 1.5 liter. Anyways, so we had this big company and I was just, I was about 26 years old and I realized that the world is coming in around us from a competitive standpoint. We had real good competition from Binney's, which is a Chicago chain. We had uh, Walgreens, which didn't sell liquor for years, began selling liquor again, as well as rumblings of Total and BevMo coming into the market. So we made the hard and difficult choice to sell our company. We sold it to a private equity firm, and uh, I remained remained on as CEO for a number of years and, and eventually left. The next stop in the Brian Rosen career arc was Price Waterhouse PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, PwC, which is a global consultancy firm, has a belt beverage division. And I was the guy charged with being on that team through one of their uh, advisory services arm. Uh, my clients, my friends, my contacts were the CEOs of AB InBev or Miller Coors, Pernod Ricard, Diageo, Constellation, et cetera. And, and it's just, it's fun to share these stories because here I am, a liquor guy, right? And I am uh, old school in terms of if you want it done, do it yourself, and uh, no trouble, you know, being CEO and carrying five cases of wine out to someone's car. And I moved very quickly into corporate America, and it was uh, a challenge for sure. I went from, you know, sandals and shorts in the summer to a uh, two-piece suit every single day. And dealing with people who that didn't, at least in the liquor space at PwC, they were all very smart folks, but did not have the street cred, if you will. They've never sold a bottle of anything in their lives. So I was brought on to manage the process for them. That went very well. From there, I did a small stint at Anheuser-Busch in trade marketing in St. Louis. And uh, shout out to uh, BJ DeLahy. And then finally, I founded BevStrat. BevStrat was the second business I ended up selling and I sold it to MHW through their private equity arm NextGen Partners and Bevstrat was formed under the simple auspice that the three-tier system is rigged against a small brand and if you ask the big distributors that would never be an open comment but the reality is there's 50,000 brands registered for sale in the US and only 500 brands generate repetitive skew velocity so how is that not a rigged system how is that not a system where The biggest marketing budgets, the biggest production budgets, the biggest, the brands with the most influence are the ones that sell the most. The brands with the biggest depletion allowance, the brands with the biggest wallet are the ones that sell the most. So I made it my mission at BevStrat, at least to say, hey, I'm going to work with the small brands. I'm going to work with the independents. I'm going to fight for you because you're inherently screwed. And there are some breakouts. But if you look at the breakouts, Casa Amigos, is that a breakout? that's George Clooney. Is Aviation Gin a breakout? Ryan Gosling. Babe Rosé a breakout? That's Emily Ratajkowski. So is Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner and her tequila or The the Rock or celebrity winemakers like uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and their rosé, et cetera? Are those really independent brands? It can be argued, no, not at all. Not even close. Uh, The independent brand is, in my opinion, the guy who sits in his basement in Nashville, Tennessee, and handcrafts a bourbon through hard sweat and work, and then tries like crazy to get it on shelves all over the country. That's the independent. So when people talk about growth of the industry or growth of the sector, uh, let's just be very cognizant of what we're talking about. I founded a private equity firm as well, uh, InvestBev. And Investbev is a fund that invests in small brands, independent brands, as well as barrel distillate, as well as beverage technology. And that's what—that's kind of the, the arc of, of Brian Rosen uh, and Bevstrat and Investbev, Price Waterhouse, Sam's, etc. We are inherently, as a company, Bevstrat, very focused on the success of the independent brand. Uh, we are very focused on the success of the small person, the small purveyor. It is the backbone of our economy in the beverage space. And I feel that it is also what every store needs or on-premise account needs. Because Tito's, by way of example, if a retailer buys it for $14 and sells it for $14.99 or $15.49, there's no money in that. That's trading dollars, one for one. They need the independent brands for dollar margins, dollar margin contribution. And so, when I look at our role at Bevstrat, it really is to put these brands on the shelves of accounts all over the country. I think it's critical. And if I look at where the business is going now, post COVID, it needs to go this direction because retailers and 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 bars and restaurants are hanging on by a thread, and they need margin dollars to remain as the consumer comes out of lockdown there's gonna be a desperate want to show their individuality through brands. And as such, your brand, if you're listening, likely is an opportunity for the retailer to express their individual muscles. When I look at COVID and I say, you know, um, what COVID really did, and I, you know, there were some very ugly comments online about how someone used the word thinning of the herd, but they were referring to people that couldn't fight COVID. If I use the term thinning of the herd it really is about brands that couldn't manage to hang on. So what we have now is less brands, less accounts to sell them in, less salespeople to sell them because distributors have cut sales force generally to only off premise and it's a hard road. So we at Bevstrat really take it very seriously the responsibility we have as the largest seller of independent brands in the country. I take the world very seriously at InvestBev where we want to finance good brands and help them get to the next level. So that's kind of our ethos. That's my ethos as a person and that's the ethos of the companies that I run. You know, being a lifelong beverage guy, my father sold booze, my grandfather sold booze, my brother sold booze, my uncle sold booze, um, my dad's mom Sold booze. My grandfather's wife sold booze. My great grandmother, I, I guess that is, um, or my grandmother. We're a booze family. That's simple. We are a booze family, and you know our commitment is to to the brand partners that we engage with. From a personal perspective, I feel that now is the best time to launch a brand. Now is the best time to find an audience, and that's what we do. So I just wanted to put that out there and share with you. That's a little Brian Rose in a nutshell. Uh, we'll put this up on the pod, and as usual, uh, we're not live and we're not an hour, but we are thoughtful and we do care about our brand partners. So thanks for listening to the cast. Thanks for learning more about me. Our team, just real as a side, our team in Chicago has been with me since day one. These are guys that work with me at Sam's, work with me since the first day of of BevStrat, seasoned salespeople and seasoned professionals. So when you hire us, this is what you get. And we'd love to have you in, in any way, shape, or form. But at least now you know my, my origin story and how we feel about the market. We will live and die for our supplier partners um, as long as they understand that the rules of the game and selling beverages is harder than ever now. So if you're going to get in the deep end, what did Gaga say? Well, we're not in the shallow. We're not in the shallow now. It's a deep, deep pool. So bring a snorkel and let's go swimming. Brian Rosen, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.